series on pink, blue, and purple. But today I want to call them my message, Unlocking Each Other's Deepest Need. Say that with me, Unlocking Each Other's Deepest Need. We're going to continue really right off where we left off last week. So really I'm going to say buckle your seatbelts because we're in for a ride. We are going on an adventure today. On Wednesday night, I explained the reason why this month we have taken so much time out to really deal with relationships and particularly that of marriage. It's because we believe so much is attached to our marriage, to our families, to our relationships. So many things are dependent upon them. We realize a healthy, happy marriage is a healthy, happy home. A sick, miserable marriage is a sick and miserable home. Our marriages affect so many more than just the two of us. And that's why we want to help. That's why we want to incorporate so much of this, because as our name says, we're a family life church. We believe in life for the entire family and can be found in the house of God. Do you have your glasses with you? Who brought your glasses back? If you don't have a pair of glasses, lift your hands up. We've got some glasses that we're going to hand out to you, and hopefully we've got enough. If you don't have enough, then sorry, that means you missed last week, and if you were here last week, you forgot to bring your glasses back. Come on, we've got some stylish glasses we're going to give everyone in the house. We're going to see new things today. We're going to see 3D. We're going to see crazy stuff. But last week we discovered that God made us male and female. Say with me, not wrong. Come on, help me out. Say with me, not wrong. Just different. God made us male and female. As a result, we see differently. As a result, we hear differently. And as a result, we speak differently. Look again with with me, if you would, to Ephesians 5 and verse 33. Ephesians 5 and verse 33 says these words. Nevertheless, or no matter what, let each one of you in particular love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. The Bible tells us, therefore, in this passage of Scripture, two things. And that is this, a wife needs love. And a man needs respect. A wife needs love and a man needs respect. Now, please understand this. Don't turn around and say, well, that's not true. A husband needs love too. Of course a husband needs love. But you know how a husband feels love? Through respect. You may say, well, a wife needs respect. She doesn't just need love. 
But you know how a wife feels respect? is when she is loved. And today we live in such a love-dominant world that we can see perhaps why we have failed to meet both needs to the fullest potential. We have love, but so often we lack the respect portion as we're not aware of that. We discovered last week there was a cycle that we would call the crazy cycle. It was a cycle that we would spin out of control on, that we would never energize each other, that we would never help each other, but we would only wound each other. When a wife does not feel love, what happens? She doesn't respect. And when a husband doesn't get the respect that he thinks he needs, he does not show love. So what happens? No love, no respect, no respect, no love. No love, no respect, no respect, no love. It goes on the crazy cycle. And instead of us as husbands and wives energizing each other, building each other up, it becomes a game of who can hurt the other more. To prove a point. I'm going to prove a point. Can you say with me, point proven? Come on, point proven. We're destroying our marriages. We're destroying our relationships. Ladies, you're not teaching him a lesson. Guys, you're not proving to her who's the boss. You're just messing up the best thing that ever happened to you. You're destroying your marriage. There's so much that we covered last week that you must get the CD. I've got extra CDs for you from last week, so please grab that. If you weren't here, turn to your neighbor and say, were you here? If no, slap them and say, shame on you. Look what you're missing out. Look at them square in the eye and say, you need to be in church. You need to be in church. All right, let's put our glasses on. You ready? Let's put our glasses on. Look fine and snazzy. Okay. All right. Close your right eye. What do you see? Red or pink. Okay. That's how a woman sees. Close your left eye. What do you see? If you still see red, close the other eye. Okay. So what is the deal? We wore these glasses to prove a point that women see things different to men and men see things different to women. But what we've got so good at doing is blocking the other out, okay? Take your glasses off and say with me, not wrong, just different. Today we're going to look at the both the needs of pink and blue. We're going to look at the deepest need of a woman. And we're going to find out how to spell love to a woman. We're going to look at the deepest need of a man. And we're going to find out how to spell respect to a man. And I'm telling you, it works. I'm telling you, this stuff works. Apply it to your marriage, and I'm telling you it will work, because we must learn to decode, to unlock each other's deepest needs. As we place our lives then on what we will call the energizing cycle, have a look at the energizing cycle, because this is where we want to be. What happens is his love motivates her respect, and her respect motivates his love. You see the difference? That now we are motivating each other as we feel respect and give respect, as we feel love, as we give love, we are energizing our marriages, which is a whole lot better than the crazy cycle where we're just trying to prove each other wrong. For the next few moments, we're going to look at love in how a woman spells it. You may say, well, love is spelled L-O-V-E. 
To a woman, love is spelt C-O-U-P-L-E. Couple. To a woman, love is spelt in the words closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty, and esteem. Let's look and see what's happening in this story, if we may. Kelly asks Philip, can we be together tonight, sweetheart, to talk? Philip reacts, what's wrong with you? We just went out a couple of nights ago to a movie. We had dinner with the neighbors at Outback just last night. And a week ago, we took the kids to the zoo. You are never satisfied. What do you want? I just can't win. Ladies, have you ever heard that? Come on, ladies, help me out here. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard that? To him, you see, he's been there. This is what you've got to understand. To us as guys, we've been together with her. I mean, we went to the movie. I mean, that's together. We went out for a meal. Hello. We went to the zoo. We're together. We're together. We're together. It's not that a lady does not appreciate those times and enjoys those times because she will. She will cherish those times. But that's not what she screams out because she wants closeness, not togetherness. She wants his complete attention or what we're going to call face to face time. Ladies, that's your nature to be like that, but not with us guys. It's not easy for us. You sit a little boy and a girl in front of each other to apologize for something they've done. That little girl will stare that guy right in the face and tell him, I'm sorry. But you tell that little boy to apologize, what will he do? He'll look away and start digging in the ground with his feet. It's not our nature to be confrontational in that regard. We look away. If that's not a great enough illustration, go to Starbucks and look at a table of ladies around these little intimate round tables. They can't get close enough to each other. Their chairs are all the way in and they're leaning up and they're just talking, looking at each other. Their heads are right here. Go in the same Starbucks and see guys, what are they? They're pushed back from the table, they're turned sideways, their legs are crossed out to the side and they just give each other the occasional glance. Is that not true? Ladies want that closeness. Ladies want that face time. It's natural for you ladies, it's harder for us as guys. But notice guys, I said it's harder, it's not impossible. Say with me, I need to change. Come on, say with me, I need to change. He needs to change. Is that what you all said, ladies? I hear you. He needs to change. Well, I'm glad you appreciate that because we're going to say she needs to change in a few moments too. Come on, say we all need to change. There needs to be a willingness in each one of us. Ladies need that closeness, that face time. I heard an illustration once about a, a gentleman. He was putting his little girl to bed. She was about four years of age and the lights were off and he was just laying on the bed beside her. And they were just talking. And he felt a hand come over his face and turn his face towards her. And she said, Daddy, look at me when I'm talking to you. (laughs) The lights are off. But a woman just needs that time. Come on, ladies, help me out if this is true. They just need that time where they can be face to face. To feel important. To have his undivided attention. 
What's next? We've got C, closeness. The next one we have is openness. You see, ladies cannot handle being closed out and pushed away. To a guy, if there's a problem, if there's a situation, if a guy's done something wrong or a circumstance he doesn't like, a guy just says, when a woman tries to talk about it, a guy says, would you just stop? I don't want to talk about it. Come on, a guy just shuts down. He doesn't want to talk about it. It's not that he doesn't want to let you in. He just doesn't want to talk about it. A woman doesn't hear that. When her husband turns around and says to him, I don't want to talk about it, number one, she feels left out. And number two, what begins to happen is she begins to feel that he's mad at her and that she perhaps is at fault for this situation because he's not letting her in. This process has been described or portrayed as the mysterious island. Can I tell you about the mysterious island today? The husband is the island. He doesn't want to talk about it. Just drop it. Forget it. Move on. He's that mysterious island. But here's the wife. She gets the canoe out and she begins to circle around the island. She's not taking no for an answer. She's circling around, but she's not just circling around. Occasionally, she's bumping and ramming that canoe up onto the shoreline, trying to get his attention. And all the guys said, amen. She can't leave it alone. She's circling. She's circling her prey. She's ready to come in. She's ramming that canoe up on that shoreline. Why? Because she needs to know how you are feeling. She needs openness and not for you just to shut her out. You see, wives tend to personalize conflict a lot more than what men do. When she says, can I talk to you? She wants to talk in order to feel reassured that you're not mad at her. Where he feels interrogated. Come on, she wants the reassurance. He's feeling interrogated. He's feeling like light in the face. Interrogation. He's saying, what's her problem? But yet she's feeling, am I his problem? Notice the difference, pink and blue, not wrong. One of the greatest definitions of men and women I heard was waffles and spaghetti. Men are like waffles. What does a waffle have? It has squares. When a man is in his square watching the TV, he is in his square watching the TV. A woman can't understand that because she thinks he's got to be thinking about everything else. A guy is watching the TV. He is in that square. If he is cleaning his car, he is in, come on guys, he is in his cleaning the car square. If he is out mowing the grass, he is in his mowing the grass square. If he is just sitting down doing nothing, he is just sitting down and doing nothing square. But a woman is like a pile of spaghetti. Everything overlaps and is connected and intertwined with each other. How can he just be sitting and watching the TV? I know what he's thinking. He's thinking he's just ignoring me. He's just doing that on purpose. I know how he is. He's so... No, he's not. He is watching the TV. Pink, blue, not wrong, difference. She wants that closeness. She wants that FaceTime. I've consciously now, when I go home, the first thing I do, a lot of the time, Kelly will be in the kitchen a lot of the time when I get home. The first thing I'll do is walk up to her and, excuse me, I look at her. I could just go over and look at her. She's a lot better looking than you, Bishop. I look at her straight in the face. I go up to her and I give her FaceTime as soon as I get home because I know she needs that. 
It's not the quantity, as in the length, that she wants. It's just that time where she doesn't need that necessarily for 30 minutes at a time, but she needs that just throughout the night. I notice when Kelly talks, it's very expressive and stuff. For what reason? She wants me to look at her. It's not wrong. We're just different. She said to me the other night, hello, I'm over here. I'm not there, pointing to the TV. (laughs) They want that openness. They can't handle, just drop it. Lady can't handle that. She feels left out. You're her best friend. She wants to help you. When she sees you're hurting, she wants you to be open with her so she can help you. Because the way she helps herself is being open and talks to everybody. So we've got the closeness, that FaceTime, that openness. She needs to talk. She can't live without knowing that you're not mad at her. Then she's got the understanding. She wants understanding. And all the ladies said in the house, preach, pastor. This is good stuff. Preach, preach, preach. Put on your glasses again. Close your right eye. What do you see? Come on. Put, close your left eye. What do you see? Come on, take them off. We're not wrong. We're... And that's how God made us. Understanding. A wife feels loved when a husband takes time to understand her. Kelly complains to Philip. The kids refused to go to bed the night you left for Kansas. The phone rang at 11.30 p.m., which was a prank call and it frightened me. And the next day, the electricity went out in the snowstorm. On top of all that, I put on four pounds from Christmas parties and I have nothing to wear. Philip, reading the advocate, says, do you have to talk about this now? I'm trying to read the paper. You're always interfering with my time. Besides, I've told you countless times before that things aren't ever as bad as you imagine. You get yourself all worked up too much. You must need just to do what I do. And that is, let's let some of these things roll off your back like water off a duck's back. Are you ready for it, guys? Here's the truth. She knows she's getting too worked up. She knows that she has to let go of it and can't hold on to it. But she just wants to know that you understand how she's feeling. Come on. She just wants to know that you understand how she's feeling. She just wants your support and she wants your sympathy or for you to sympathize with her. Look at 1 Peter 3, 7. It says, husbands likewise... Dwell with them with understanding. This is scriptural stuff. Dwell with them as understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel. Notice it says as the weaker vessel, not meaning she is the weaker vessel. It means husbands, we should guard her like she is the weaker vessel. But the Bible doesn't say she is. You've got to notice that. We've got to protect her like we should. And we're going to talk about that, how a guy spells respect. But as being heirs together, notice heirs together, not one higher than the other. We are heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Guys, here's a good line for you to remember and use. And if you're not writing down any notes, you better write down this one because this may save your marriage. When she wants understanding, she'll come and she wants to talk. But when she begins to talk, you need to put your hand up like a teacher for the teacher at the school and say, excuse me, ma'am. Do you want a solution right now? Or you just want me to listen to you? Come on. Do you want a solution? 
Or do you just want me to be that listening, understanding ear? So often a wife doesn't want a solution. If she wants a solution, she'll ask you for it. But while she's talking, and I know in your mind, guys, you're thinking, my goodness, the solution is so easy, but she's got to go through the process. She just wants you to know that you understand all the emotions and the feelings that she's feeling that day. It may be nothing to you, but it's a whole big deal to her. She just wants you to listen and make her feel like you understand what she's going through. And you know what will happen? She will come to her own solution. She will answer her own question. Just nod. And throw in the odd, I know, sweetheart. I'm sorry you feel like that. Come on, we're making fun of it, but a lady needs to know that you understand. She doesn't want your solution. She wants your sympathy. She wants your understanding. And it works. It works. It works. As you let her vent her emotions, as she releases them, she will solve her own problems. That's not true, ladies. Three people agree. Closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking. A woman needs resolve and reconciliation. She feels at peace when issues are resolved. Unresolved issues to a lady are shelved up. And at any given time, the volcano can explode. The guy is absolutely clueless. What just happened? As all of a sudden she becomes historical. I didn't say hysterical. She becomes historical. Well, two weeks ago, this happened. And then the other day, this. And the guy's like, what? Someone just cut you off. That's all. And you just two weeks and three and this. What's happened? Because when a woman does not feel that the issue is resolved, she'll shelve it. She can't move on beyond it. And she compiles it and compiles it to one day she absolutely explodes. And all the guys said, Amen. But ladies, hang with me right there. The reason she explodes is because she can't deal with that just drop it stuff. She can't deal with the fact, let's just move on. Until there's reconciliation, she can't do that. If she knows you're upset and mad, she wants to resolve the situation. Think about a clock. Can you see the face of a clock right now? By the time the hand gets around to six o'clock, a guy is finished. He's through. It's over, okay? End of story. He's discussed it a little bit, but now it's over. A woman is in the middle of her process. It's not till the clock strikes 12 does the lady have the resolution and the answer that she wants. So what happens, guys, when we cut her off in the middle, we cut off the process and she is not satisfied. She feels the need to be a peacemaker. And in doing so can so often be misinterpreted as prolonging the agony. Or not letting it drop and allowing those things to continue. Why can't you just move on? To her, she wants to move on. But until it's dealt with, there's no peace. She wants to be the peacemaker. She's got to see that. She's going to keep circling that island and ramming up against the shoreline. It's sad and we can laugh about it. But it's sad that it's easier for a husband to die for his wife than to say he's sorry. 
It's easier for a guy to die for his wife than say he's sorry. She needs to know, and he needs to know that she's forgiven. We need to know how to ask for forgiveness and say, I'm sorry. Remember this, forgiveness is one-sided. It's your responsibility. It's not dependent upon their reply. It's your requirement before God to forgive them. Forgiveness is not what they'll do as you forgive them. Forgiveness is, I've got to clear it between me and God. A woman needs to be a peacemaker. When she's allowed to be that peacemaker and there's reconciliation, she'll feel love. She'll feel love. C-O, closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty. A wife feels loved when you are completely committed to her. A wife needs constant reassurance that you're in it for the long haul. She can't handle those jokes about trading her in for a newer model. That cuts right to her heart. She may laugh it off, but inside of her spirit, she begins to look at herself in the mirror and and begins to analyze herself and begins to say, am I not as attractive to him anymore? Does he not love me anymore? I may be kind of things may be sagging and things may be taking place that I don't really like. But is that really disgusting him? A wife needs loyalty in a marriage. When a wife asks, do you love me? She's not asking for information. She's asking for reassurance. Hello? She's not asking for information. She's asking for reassurance. She wants reassurance. She wants to know that you only have eyes for her, that you are totally committed only to her. After all, that's the covenant you made the day you got married. She wants to be reassured of that over and over perhaps again. Give her reassurance and she'll be the most loyal person that you have ever met in your life. And last for the wife, E, esteem. A wife must feel treasured above all else. But the one thing I've learned in that is this. To give a wife esteem or to treasure a wife, it's not as hard as you may think. Oftentimes, it's just the little things that she appreciates. Thanks. I appreciate what you do. That was a wonderful meal, sweetheart. The house looks great. Wow, my laundry smells great. That was one of my greatest compliments I can give Kelly. I love my clothes to smell like downy or something like that, that smell. But you know what, guys? Give her esteem. Praise her. Give her worth for what she's done. We're so quick to jump on the things that she's not doing. Why not praise her for the things that she is doing? And she's doing them really well. Some people have asked me, what does your wife do for a job? My God, she runs a home with five kids. That's more of a job than most people could ever do in their life. (laughs) Kayla appreciates that. The laundry alone is incredible. In other words, I believe, guys, that we must honor our wives. Give them the esteem. Look again, if you would, at 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. The latter part of that verse, it says these words, what? And being heirs together of the graces of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. You know the Bible says giving honor to the wife? The Bible says that in giving honor to the wife, we make sure that our prayers are not hindered. Grant her the honor as a fellow heir of grace, because a wife has equal worth in the eyes of God. She has to be treated with the same esteem. Though a wife fails as a husband fails, how can a husband build up his wife? 
Though she is inadequate and she is weak in many areas, how can he express appreciation for all she does and let her know that he treasures the person that she is to him? Guys, you've got to treasure her. You've got to give her the honor. If we don't esteem and give her honor, our prayers will be hindered. A wife spells love, couples, closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty, and esteem. And all the women said, Amen. So what about the husbands? What about the husbands? How do they spell respect? What spells respect to a man? And ladies, just trust me on this. It's totally different and pretty unromantic. Come on, it's pretty different and very unromantic. In fact, you may look at it and say, oh, he just wants power and position. No, it's his deepest need. It's what he needs. A husband spells respect as chairs, it's conquest, it's hierarchy, it's what? Authority, it's insight, it's relationship, and it is sexuality. Let's look at conquest, if we may. A husband feels respected when his desire to work and to achieve are understood. It's not a choice to him to work, it's his calling. Come on, I said it's not a choice for a guy to work, it's his calling. And guys, if you are not working, you are not fulfilling the calling of God upon your lives to provide for your families. The wife gets mad. Why does the wife get mad? You're never home. You're gone all the time. You never spend time with the kids. You don't care about your family. You just stay away and you have fun all day. That's what a wife feels. When a husband is absent from the home and he's not there. Ladies, a husband feels called to work outside the home. As a woman, you have a choice. It's an option, not an obligation. If you want to work, that's your choice. If you want to stay at home and watch your kids, that's your choice. A man does not have a choice. It's his obligation. It's his calling. It's his duty to provide for his family. It's not a freedom. If a wife wants to or doesn't, that's her freedom of choice. If a man does not want to, he is labeled as irresponsible and he's labeled as being no good. He doesn't want to miss time with his family. You think he doesn't want to be there at all the field trips? You don't think he wants to be there at all the ball games? You don't think he wants to be there to see those first steps and to hear those words? You don't think he wants to be there as much as he possibly can? He just knows that there's a conquest that he has, and that is this, he has to provide for his family. As a result, many times he feels viewed as just a meal ticket, feeling unappreciated for his contribution and his sacrifice. Because I'm telling you, ladies, that's what it is to us. It is a sacrifice. Ladies, perhaps your husband is reacting in an unloving way because he feels little respect for the long hours that he has to put in at work. Can you remember when you first dated? Can you remember what it was like to just sit around that table or just to walk at night and just gaze into each other's eyes? 
and just say to him, sweetheart, what do you want to do when you're older? And he begins to share with you his dreams and you're like, wow, and your input and saying, and you could do this and I believe in you and you could do this and you could do this. He is perhaps living that dream that together you were so excited about now that at that time you inspired him to go for the moon. You cheered him on and you supported him. Now all you do is condemn him. When was the last time, ladies, you really reaffirmed or affirmed your husband? I believe that you should put your husbands to work every day, feeling that they are the best that they could possibly be. That they are doing an awesome job, that they are great. That I think, ladies, you need to get the pom-poms out and you need to start cheering your husbands on and go, rah, 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 rah. Ow. Be his number one supporter. Why? Oh, well, that's just feeding his ego. No, that's his God-given respect that he needs in his life. You know why there's so much divorce? Because a wife's not feeling love like she needs. You know why there's so much divorce? Because a man's not getting the respect. He's not getting it at home, but he's getting it elsewhere. And he responds to that. Not that he wants to, but that's how his spirit needs to be fed. When's the last time, ladies? Come on, affirm your husbands. Cheer them on. Woo! Conquest, hierarchy. Number two. H. He feels respected when his desire to provide and protect is noticed. He's not just trying to be a control freak and change everything. He feels the responsibility to be the head man and the head of his castle. He's just taken his responsibility to heart, which is so often misunderstood. Disrespecting a man here breaks his spirit. Ladies, listen to me. You can break your husband's spirit. Oh, he just wants to visit. No, it's more than that. It's what he needs. He needs respect. What do you think happens in the heart of a husband who is viewed by his wife as not being a good enough provider? Even if he struggles here, ladies, still praise him for what he does. It's not that he wants the upper hand. It's the cards that have been dealt to him, which brings us to the next point, And that is authority. A, authority which is his desire to be strong and to lead, to make the decisions in the home. I've heard ladies say this all the time. I wish my husband would start making decisions. I'm tired of having to make all the decisions in the home. Well, can we go to the other side of the glasses? You may be tired of your husband not making any decisions, but he's tired of every decision he's made being undermined, And not followed through. Come on now. You want him to make the decisions. But he's made the decisions. But the decisions are not the decisions that perhaps you want. So they're not good enough. You crush the spirit of your husband. They tell us the key to a successful marriage is communication. Perhaps. But I believe the greatest key to a successful marriage is mutual agreement. That the two of you can agree together, that you can come together, that you can respect the headship. You know in a ball game, there's a captain. And you know why there's a captain? Because at the decision, when it's time to either kick 
or punt the ball or go for the fourth down. There has to be one person. They don't call a committee and say, what should we do? What should we do? Let's have a vote. There has to be one that makes that decision. Whether right or wrong, they have to make that decision. If it's right, they'll get the praise. If it's wrong, hey, they'll have to take the repercussions from it. Who's the leader in your marriage? The man needs to feel that he has the power to be strong and lead in his home. He's not to be the dictator. That's not what I said. And if that's what you heard, you heard me wrong. He's not the dictator barking the orders because when he puts himself in that position, he'll never have respect and he'll never be given respect. And he doesn't deserve respect. He just needs to feel that his views and his decisions are respected and accepted. In a healthy marriage, there must be a leader, and I believe it's the man, and I believe that's from God's word. The Bible says that he's the priest and the head of his home, and everyone said, Amen. But that leader works together with his wife, okay? He works together with her, he listens to her input as well, and together they come to conclusions together. It's not my way or the highway. It's what do you think? Well, what do you think? And we talk it out, but then what happens? There has to still be a decision that's made, and it's the man that needs to make the decision after he has gathered the information and talked with his wife. He must feel a part of this process. If he's not, he feels his authority has been undermined. Here's a silly illustration, but it's so true. Kelly and I, about six months ago, went out to eat with the kids. While we were sitting eating, Luke was just playing with his food. And I looked at him and said, son, we're going to the movies. And I knew they're going to want popcorn. And he kept saying, I'm not hungry, I'm not hungry. And he's playing with his food. I said, son, if you don't eat that food, you're not getting popcorn at the movies. And it wasn't that I was making him eat the whole thing. He just had hardly touched anything. Well, I don't know what happened then. I believe that Kelly may have been at the bathroom then with Molly. And she didn't hear me say this. But when we went to the movies, Kelly said, you all go in and get the seats. I'll wait out here with a couple of the kids and we'll bring in the popcorn because we were running a few minutes late. She passes down a box of popcorn, and here's a box for Luke. Luke grabs that box of popcorn, he looks me straight in the face, and he just smiles. <laughs> I turned to Kelly, and I said, why did you buy him popcorn? She said, what do you mean? I said, I told him that if he did not eat, that he doesn't deserve popcorn. And please, I'm not being mean. I'm not forcing him to eat anything. It's just kids will fill themselves up on junk, and they'll say they're not hungry. You've got to learn a rule down there. You know what? That destroyed my spirit. I could not even enjoy that movie. Kelly said, I'm sorry, but yet it still cut me to the bone. You may say, why? Because she undermined my authority. Now, you may say, well, what's the big deal? Come on, you're just taking it so personal. That's how a guy feels. Guys, are you, am I right? They want to be respected for their word because you know what happens? They begin to feel they're losing the respect of their home and their children are not respecting them. And they begin to see, oh, what will happen after that? It may be popcorn now, but then what's next and what's next and what's next? It's not that he wants all this. It's just that he needs that. Right or wrong? He's not wrong. He's just... Ladies, I know what you're thinking. This conquest, this hierarchy, this authority, he's just on a big ego trip. No, he just needs the respect in those areas, and that's how God made him. I'm almost finished. I, insight. Respect in his desire to analyze and to counsel. Men tend to see things through black and white where women allow their feelings to get in the way more readily. I'll give you an example. Have you ever gone with your wife to get a car? 
You walk on the lot and she doesn't really see what's going on like a guy does. She just sees that car looks cute. She likes the color. Honey, I want that car. Well, why do you want it? Oh, doesn't it look cute? Look at the color. That is great. To a woman, that's cute. She wants that. To a guy, he's thinking, number one, what's the fuel consumption? What size engine? What's it got on the package? What kind of wheels? What kind of size engine? All these kind of things. But to a woman, she's just going, oh, honey, it's cute. Let's just get that. Women are a salesman's greatest delight. Well, your husband, your wife thinks it's cute. You better buy that for her. Guys have the ability to perhaps analyze things and counsel things just a little bit more. And that's why when you start talking to us, bam, we're ready to give you a solution. Well, sweetheart, I don't want your solution. What does she want? Your understanding. Thank you. She doesn't want your solution. But you see, that's us. We're ready to analyze. We're ready to give the solution. We're ready to provide. Because why? When we're at work, guys, that's what we do. What happens when there's a problem? Guys gather around and say, we're having a problem. What do you think? And we all input and we're we're all... That's just how we are. Women are not like that. If only I could just give her the solution, I will save myself 30 minutes of her talking. She doesn't want that. She doesn't want that, Doug. Sorry. That's just who or what he is. Ladies, please believe me. He's not trying to fix you. He just knows how to help fix you. He just wants to help. He's got the insight. It's just how he is. Two more, and I'm moving on really quickly. Ah, relationship. He wants his wife to appreciate his desire for shoulder-to-shoulder time. Remember, she wants what? Face-to-face time. He wants shoulder time. He enjoys just sitting watching TV with her right beside him. And can I add this? With no talking. And all the guys said, preach it, brother. Preach it. Look at the things that guys enjoy doing a lot. Hunting. They can sit for hours up a tree, talking to no one, maybe not even seeing a deer, but come home and say, wow, I had a great time. They can drive together in a car for three to four hours and hardly say a word to each other, but occasionally interject a conversation, but then look straight ahead. They can come home and the wife can say, well, what do you think about her? What do you think about his husband being or his wife being pregnant? And they'll say, she's pregnant? I didn't know. Because they haven't talked about it. It's not important to them. They just want that shoulder to shoulder time. Women can't grasp that. Men can be together, as I said, and hardly talk and they have a good time. Come on, guys, we have a good time. But listen to this, it's been proven that men will begin to find fond feelings of affection in their hearts towards a wife that seeks to be with him without talking. By just being there. You know what a guy loves? If a guy's out washing the car outside, you know what he loves? For the wife to grab a chair and just sit outside and watch him. 
As crazy as that may be, that's what he wants. If a guy is building a doghouse, not for himself, but for the dog. If he's building a doghouse... And he's building it. You know what he wants? He wants his wife out there and he wants to hear occasionally, sweetheart, that looks so good. He doesn't want you to be... Because he'll tell you, have you not got something better to do? Could you go in somewhere else? He just wants you to sit there. He doesn't even almost mind if you fall asleep watching him. He just wants you to be there beside him. But you know what's going to happen, ladies? I'm telling you right now. As you just sit there thinking you're wasting your time, you know what will begin to happen? As you're just sitting there watching him wash the car, he'll come around and he'll kind of... He's kind of... He'll kind of... He's noticing you're there. He's feeling good about himself because you're energizing him, ladies. You're energizing him. Okay? All right? Sweetheart, how was your day? Notice what begins to happen. When you are energizing him and what he wants, he begins to open up and he begins to talk to you, ladies. <laughs> wow. I said he begins to talk to you. Isn't that incredible? Why? Because we see a need in a guy is that a friendship. A guy loves that friendship environment, that shoulder-to-shoulder time, that support, that gladly just being there. All together. He may know you love him. Listen to me. A guy may know you love him, but ask him if you like him and he'll probably say no. Come on, ask a guy. Does your wife love you? Oh, yes. Does she like you? No, not today. (laughs) It's true, though, isn't it? She doesn't like me today. And lastly, sexuality. I know, guys, what you're thinking. Man, this is the important one and you've run out of time. What's your problem? Couldn't you have started with this one first? And all the women are saying, Pastor, the time's gone. Let's hurry up. (laughs) Sexuality. You know we had to get there at some time. Some people just woke up when they heard that word sex in church. Whoa, Whoa, did I just hear that? A guy needs to feel appreciated in his desire to be sexually intimate with his wife. Ladies, please believe us, we're not perverts. It's not all we want. It's not the only thing that's on our mind. Yes, it's on our mind, but it's not the only thing. You see, it's how God made us. It's part of the way that we feel respect. A lady wants that closeness in that face-to-face time. A guy wants that closeness in its intimacy. A guy needs to feel that he's wanted. And to be rejected is really tough for him in this light. He can't understand it. Why can't he understand it? Because he's trying to help with the loyalty thing. He's trying to help you and he knows that you want his commitment and you're telling him and he knows that you're only supposed to have eyes and he's only got eyes for you and he loves you and he's hearing all this and he wants to be that. Oh, I want to have this. I want to have this. I want to have this. But yet she's saying, get away from me. Get away from me. He, he can't commute that, compute that rather. You're telling me that you just want me to have eyes for you and now I'm having just eyes for you and you're pushing me away. I don't get that. When a guy begins to try and open up with his wife about what he needs sexually, she begins to look at him and she begins to shut him down and she begins to chastise him and she begins to judge him and saying, that's all you think you want. And he says, hold on a second, I'm just trying to be open with you about my feelings. That's what you want. But when I'm trying to be, you close me down. 
Look at Proverbs 5, verse 19. It says, as a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breasts satisfy you at all times and always be enwrapped with her love. There are so many other scriptures like this in the Word of God that appeals to the very nature of a man, and that is this, his visual orientation. Let her breasts satisfy you. It could have been something else, couldn't it? But yet that's the visual orientation of a man. That's speaking his language. Which to a man is both a joy and a struggle. Hello, it's a joy and a struggle. Never to make an excuse, because I don't believe in making excuses, but never to make an excuse. But ladies, you've got to understand, that's how God made us men. When they come home and they're maybe at work and at the water cooler, there's a lady that she bends down and her top is open and he comes home and says, sweetheart, there's this lady at work. Oh my goodness. Her top today was just awful. I was so embarrassed and I had to look away. You know what? The wife doesn't think that he looked away. The next thing she says, so what's her name? What color hair did she have? So how long has she been working with you? She's automatically, he's just opening up and saying, wife, I'm having struggles because this is issues and stuff and people don't realize. But to her, she can't compute that he's just, that's his orientation, his visual orientation. Again, not making excuses. And guys, do as Job said. Job says, I've learned to what? Bounce my eyes. I've learned to cast my eyes. You've got to be careful. But ladies, you've got to realize the way you dress and the way you conduct yourself kills us as guys. Thank you. One guy's honest in the house, isn't he? Well, look what it says in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7. This is my last scripture. I'm getting ready to close. It says, do not deprive one another except with consent for a time. This is sexually. Do not deprive one another except with consent. Consent is of both parties, not just one. Okay, mutual agreement. That you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. Okay, so that's the reason the Bible says that you should not withhold yourselves. It's just a time to fast and pray. Any other excuse is not listed in that verse. And all the guys said, Amen. And come together again so that Satan, what, does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. We must stop depriving one another except by agreement of time. The Bible says that, lest what? Satan tempt you because of lack of self-control. What can happen when a husband or a wife, for that matter, is deprived sexually? I'm not going to answer that question, but I think we all know. Husbands, care about your wife's heart. Spell love to her as in couple. And she will respond to you sexually. Guys, if you want to be intimate with your wives, it begins a long time before the bedroom door is closed. Come on, ladies, help me out. From the time you come home, you are building up brownie points all night. Come on, guys. Why? As you give her what she needs, she'll give you what you need. Wives, as you care about your husband's sexuality, well, he doesn't deserve it. 
I didn't say that. As you care about what your husband needs in the sexual intimacy, you know what will happen? He'll begin to open his heart and respond to your heart. But the question is always this, who moves first? Who makes the first move? Well, he doesn't deserve it. Who moves first? Can I throw this out? Whoever's the most mature. Who's the most mature in the relationship? Let him move first. Love and respect. What are we talking about today? Unlocking each other's deepest need. The spelling may be different, but we need to learn to decode and take the time out to begin to realize each other because the results will be out of this world. Put your glasses on one more time. Put your glasses on one more time. And the question I'm going to ask today is not close this eye or not close that eye, but I'm going to ask you today, what do you see? Because if you close the right eye, you're just going to see as a woman. If you close the left eye, you're just going to see as a man. And perhaps it's too long that we've closed the other out. But it's time that we open both eyes and begin to see through purple. And begin to understand each other and begin to recognize his needs may be different to mine, but that's okay. You know why it's okay? Because my needs are different to his. That's okay. God made us male and female. God made us different. It's not a mistake. It was by divine order. God made us who we are so we can complement each other, so we can bless each other, so we can build each other. Say with me, not wrong. Just, just different. Closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty and esteem. He needs conquest, hierarchy, authority, insight, respect and sexuality. But as we begin to realize these things, as we begin to develop them in our lives, I'm telling you, we'll be amazed at the results we'll see. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.